Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I and the whole Everyone Church fam, we'd love to welcome you to our podcast. There's so much coming up in 2023. It's a new year. We're heading to weekly services in February. So if you want to know more about Everyone Church, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, check out our website, and we'd love to get in contact with you and answer any questions you might have. Let's get to the podcast. Last week, we started talking about calling, and I wanted to take some time to talk about this topic to start our year, uh, fresh new year, although it's a week old now, so you kind of starting to, the freshness is starting to (laughs) waver a little bit, but that's okay. Hey, there's still plenty of year ahead for us, but um, you know, the the topic of calling, you know, it's a bit of a churchy topic, a bit of a churchy word, like when we say calling, like what are you called to? Very rarely would you find someone who isn't a, a believer say something like they feel called to something. Uh, but for Christians, it's a pretty important topic, and it's something that we can all get um, tripped up on from time to time or stuck in. Like, oh, what is God calling me to? What uh, I don't know if I'm called to this or I'm called to that. And sometimes we just overthink things. Like, we just get too complicated instead of just getting on with following Jesus and just pursuing him. But uh, it still is an important question to ask. Of course, of course it is. And I think it's it's always, and I mentioned this last week, but it's always important to remember when we have big questions in life or in the faith that uh, the questions have been asked before. Now, there's nothing new under the sun. And also there is a scriptural answer to every question. It doesn't mean there's a direct verse that says, you know, calling is this, but uh, there is definitely a scriptural answer to all of life's questions. I believe that. And uh, and that's why we need to, to have good people around us that are in, just engaging in discipleship with us and helping us study God's word correctly. So uh, so last week we, we focused on our first calling, our first calling. We read from Matthew chapter 10, where it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. And then it goes on to list them there. And we discovered that our basis for calling is in those first two words. Jesus called the disciples. Jesus called. So who calls us? Jesus calls us. It's him who calls. He initiates it. He calls. We respond. Uh, And it's not a pastor's call or our boss's call or even our parents' call. Although there are times and oftentimes where Jesus calls us through those figures in our life, through those structures that are God-given in our lives, absolutely. And we've got to be able to discern when it is Jesus calling us through those things. But it is the important point is that it's Jesus who calls us. And we learned that the, the word call is, in, in that verse in, in Matthew chapter 10, is the Greek word proskaleo. Let's put it on a scroll, which means to call toward oneself. So this is the foundation we sent. Our first call, when we talk about calling, our first call as Christians is to Jesus. It's a call from Jesus to Jesus. And this applies to all of us. He calls us out of darkness. He calls us in towards him and he calls us forward towards his purposes. Don't confuse his calling with your selfish ambition. Okay? Oh, God's calling me to this. No, he's not. 
You just want to do that. Just be honest about it. Talk to God about it. You know, surrender it to Him. And it doesn't always mean that God has to call you to something that you don't want to do. Like sometimes God puts desires in us because it's part of His calling. But if we aren't surrendered to Him, well, then that becomes a problem, right? Uh, you know, some you, know, you, you can look at your giftings and your natural passions as like enemies. I, I can look at them as great indicators to something that God might be calling you towards. Okay, but we need to remember our first call is to them. And I didn't mention last week, but it does go on in in Matthew chapter ten and in verse two. It goes on to list the apostles, and I want I want to just talk to, about this for one moment. And let's look at this list for a second. Look at the diversity in this list. It says here are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, also called Peter. Shout out to the Simons. Uh, then Andrew, Peter's brother, James son of Zebedee, John, James's brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, another shout out to Simon, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Now, this is quite a diverse list. You had a zealot. Now, if we look into this, a zealot was basically a uh, political militant Jew whose main goal was to uh, rally other Jews to overturn the Roman Empire. So this was a zealot. They were like like a pretty serious, um, uh, you know, first century kind of group that were quite uh, militant in nature. And then you have a tax collector, someone who was collecting money on behalf of the Roman Empire. Okay, you talk about a collision of... of you, you have a zealot who wants to take down the Roman Empire and then a tax collector. And then you had fishermen who probably didn't like either of them. And, and there was, there's a whole bunch of diversity. And I think it's interesting to me. Jesus called different types of people from different walks of life to one pursuit, to follow him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Following Jesus. Sometimes we can get so focused on our differences, our political opinions. There was political opinions in the 12 apostles. There were zealots. There was tax collectors. There was fishermen. There was also, there was uh, uh, racial differences. There were people from different family backgrounds, uh, different occupations, different things all around. But let's take great encouragement that Jesus called different people from different walks of life to a single united pursuit of him. Amen. Amen. So I hope everyone church, we're called everyone church for a reason. I hope we're filled with so many different races, so many different backgrounds, so many different diverse beliefs, but we're all called together. Come as you are. Don't stay as you are. We're all called together to pursue Jesus. Amen. So with that as a foundation, I want to focus a little bit this week on your calling more, not just the big thing for all of us, but something specifically for you. Uh, and, I want to show you a couple of pictures, and I'm hoping in this we can learn a great lesson uh, about calling today. On the northwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee is a mountain called Mount Arbel. That's what we're looking at right now, Mount Arbel. And when you stand at the highest point of this mountain, which is about 400 meters above sea level, if you were to stand at the top of this mountain and stretch your arms out wide, about Two-thirds of the events in the gospel took place between your hands. Think about that for a moment. In that arm's reach, 
Jesus lived, taught, healed, and prayed. In that arm's reach is where he called his disciples to a radical life of adventure of following him. In that arm's reach is Capernaum, where Jesus lived, Bethsaida, where Peter, Andrew, and Philip were born, the Mount of Beatitudes, where Jesus gave his most famous sermon, there's Magdala, where Mary was from, and of course, the Sea of Galilee. And it's amazing to think that most of Jesus' ministry, more than two-thirds, happened in such a small area. One of the uh, Hebrew words that we translate to the word cold is the word kara, which is uh, a word that literally means to be appointed, to be placed. Where has God appointed you? Where has God placed you in this season of your life? Uh, while some of us might be called to speak on big platforms or sell best-selling books or whatever, most of us are called to and placed in and appointed to a ministry that is in our arms' reach. Often our appointment is right around us. Two-thirds of Jesus' ministry was within an arm's reach. And maybe God has placed you where he wants you to do two-thirds of your ministry in your home, in your workplace, your neighborhood, the town or city where you are right now, or even, dare I say, even at Everyone Church wouldn't it be great to be part of a church and have a sense of calling? That I'm called here. I'm called here. I'm not just stumbling in the door. No, I believe God has appointed me, placed me here for his kingdom purposes. I want you to take a moment today. Maybe <laughs> you're careful if your neighbors are watching. They might think you're weird. But have a look around. Find, find someplace. A lookout or something. Put your arms out wide. And have a look. Maybe it's in your living room. Maybe you're doing it right now. Put your arms out wide. Smack the person next to you if they're sitting next to you. This is where God has called you. This panoramic view that's in front of you. This is where he has appointed you. To your family. To those close to you. And our maturity in God or our success in our calling or however you want to put it. It's not about how far we travel or how wide our reach is, but it's more so about how straight we walk in obedience, how faithful we are with what God has given to us in this moment, in this arm's reach. God is calling you to serve somewhere. What has he called you to today? Where has he called you? Most of it is within an arm's reach. Often we have calling ADD where we just don't have the patience, humility, or uh, or just, you know, grit to serve God's purposes where he has appointed us. And this is because we've been taught like this big dream mindset that, oh, God's going to pick you up and send you to Africa or send you here or send you there. And some people, they are sent there. They are called there. And that's amazing. But for most of us... Um, that's not the case. We're called to what 
what's in front of us, right? And some of these bad doctrines uh, cause our head and our hearts to be all up in the heavens, this big wondrous dream of calling, instead of looking at what's in our hands. We're just caught in like a dream state. Oh God, where are you going to call me? And God's saying, hey, 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 look around you. You are called. You are appointed. I have placed you in a place for this time, for this season, for his purposes. In the parable of the sower in Luke chapter 8, we read of the seed that says in verse 15, and the seed that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Wow. What great descriptive words there. Fruit is produced with patience. Fruit is produced in seasons. Do you have the patience to bear fruit where God has appointed you, where God has placed you? Often we don't. Often we get impatient. Oh, we're not seeing progress because we're like in this fast food kind of mentality. Oh, God hasn't, oh, God hasn't given me an opportunity here. I'm, I'm just going to uproot myself. I'm going to leave. Listen, it's kind of sometimes like calling is like, you know, you're a tree. I'm not sure if you've ever, you know, we've got some fruit trees in our backyard and you know, they've been there for a couple of years, a year and a bit, and they haven't produced much fruit. But there will be a time when they're settled, when the season's right, when they're ready to support. Because this is the thing, the trees are so small, if they were to produce fruit now, it would just fall off because their branches aren't strong enough, right? And this is what calling is like sometimes. Sometimes we're not ready to produce a huge harvest, like it says there in Luke 8, 15. We're just, we're growing this is how calling often works. There's a lot of waiting, watching, praying, learning, growing slowly, staying focused on Jesus, proving ourselves faithful to God, laying down my tendency to rush to the next big op opportunity. Where in your arm's reach is God calling you? What has God placed in your hand? In Exodus, we read of the um, calling of Moses. Obviously, you know, everyone's heard of Moses. Let my people go. Now, Moses uh, was very reluctant to do what God was calling him to do. And he kept disqualifying himself. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, you know, uh, he was full of excuses. I can't go to Pharaoh. Like, who am I? I'm, 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 I'm a nobody. I'm, uh, I'm not a good speaker. I can't speak. <laughs> and I love God's response to Moses' excuses. In, in Exodus chapter 4, it says, But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, The Lord never appeared to you? And then verse 2, Then the Lord asked him, What is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground. The Lord told him, so Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. And Moses jumped back. He's like, oh my goodness, a snake. What is in your hand today? What does God want to make use of in your life today? Where is he calling you? I think about the teachers in our church. I think about the council workers in our church, the builders, the moms, the dads, the grandparents. And I think about how all of us have unique appointments, unique placements where God has placed us, but all the same purpose of seeing his kingdom come.
of glorifying him, of reaching others, bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere. What is in your arms reach today? What is in your hand? And I love what it says there in um, verse 3. It says, throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff. You know, sometimes we're just not willing to lay down what God has given to us. We just want to hold on to it. Want to, uh, you know, and sometimes we can look at our inadequacies and we think, oh, God can't use it, just like Moses did. Oh, God can't use me. I'm, 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 and we discourage ourselves from living with a kingdom purpose because we think we're not ready or we're work in progress or we're too early on our journey or we've made too many mistakes. But God says, what's in your hand? Throw it down. I'm going to use what's in your hand. I'm going to use what's in your arms reach. And it's amazing what happens when we're faithful with what God has given to us. We enter a journey like no other. We enter a journey of 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 trusting him, pursuing him and watching him open doors of 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 opportunity and provision because of his goodness and because of our faithfulness to him. You know, I even think about my own journey. Like, I look back at my teens, my early 20s. I, I played guitar. I helped set up chairs at church. I, I, and it's funny looking back now. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor, but I think this is the same principle throughout all of our lives. But I look back now and I and I see how God used my, you know, this curly-haired Canadian fella and his faithfulness with what was in his hand. I was faithful w- with what was in my hand. And God used that to prepare me for what I'm doing today. And I believe you you would have the same thing said of you. I believe that as you're faithful with what God has put in your hand, as you're faithful with what's in your arm's reach to where God has appointed you, where God has placed you, that he will use these moments to prepare you, to call you forward, to achieve his kingdom purposes. Amen? Amen. What has God placed in your hand? Where is the arm's reach that God has appointed you. Come on, Christian, let's pursue Jesus, our first calling, and let's be faithful with what's in our arm's reach. I'm just imagining all of you going out, (laughs) pulling over on the Relham Road and just standing around. This is where God's called me. This is where God's called me. All right, hey, Uh, this is where my mind goes, I'm sorry. But let's be faithful with what is right before us. Bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere starts with bringing Jesus to someone somewhere, someone in front of you. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for our church. I pray for all of us. Lord, I pray that we'd have such a sense of calling about our lives when we go to work, uh, when we're at home with the family. Lord, I thank you that you set an example of of living a cold, amazing life in such a small local area that had such a great impact. And Lord, I pray that we would do the same. We would follow your pattern. Be faithful with what's in our arms reach. And Lord, I pray that you would help us lay down what's in our hand today and be faithful with that too. I thank you that you can use our little, our, 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 our small, seemingly inadequate lives, Lord. You can use it for your kingdom purposes and you will get the glory in Jesus' name. We surrender to you afresh today. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I hope the word encouraged you today. Uh, what's in your arms reach, what's in your hand. And let's be praying about that and thinking about that. We're looking forward to seeing you next week at in-person church. And uh, have a great week. Come on, I want to see you walking around. What's in your arms reach this week? Go give someone a hug. Come on, and let's have a great week together. Be blessed.